Hey guys, welcome to What's for Dinner 188, episode 188. It's 18-8, that's one eight and another eight. That's a lot of eights. Uh, hey guys, it's uh, What's for Dinner. This is uh, the Jimmy Brogan episode part two. Uh, let me explain what happened. If you listened to part one, you heard uh, Jimmy, myself, and Allison um, talk for uh, for a while just about Jimmy just had great stories about the Tonight Show with Carson and him working in uh, on the Tonight Show with Leno and as the booker for the comics on the Tonight Show just really fascinating wonderful stories um, and uh, what happened was we ended the show and we said good we said goodbye we I cut off the recorder. And uh, then we, like, usually after we're done with the podcast, everybody gets up, shakes hands, and we walk out. And then uh, we just kind of just kept sitting, and we just kept talking. So it was only, we were, I was thinking, like, why the hell did I stop? This is still great stuff that we're talking about. So I literally just hit record, and uh, we just kind of picking up, picking up our, um, just our after show conversation. Luckily, the mics were still in a good position that everybody was still heard pretty well. So this is uh, pretty much picking up where we left off. I think this episode starts off with uh, talking about some of our worst gigs, and then um, we go into more stories about um, um, working the road. And uh, I told, um, I think I've told it on the show before, but I told Jimmy my uh, story about when I worked with Carlin and um, when I kind of got screwed on uh, Star Search. So just uh, more just comedy stories. So I figured, what the hell? I'll throw this on as a second part, and uh, we'll have uh, we'll we'll put it out there, and you guys will I hope enjoy it. Um, and uh, hey guys, as I mentioned last week, um, my brand new CD, Flipsophrenic, is officially today, July twelfth, available for pre-order on iTunes. Go to iTunes. Um, I should have a link on it on my website. Um, and you could uh, pre-order Flipsophrenic, and if you do that, you get a, an advanced copy of one of the tracks from the album. The album officially gets released on July 26, um, along with my new comedy video that is exclusively available for download on my website. It's a comedy video special called Supercilious that I recorded in uh, Sarasota, Florida at uh, McCurdy's Comedy Club, one of my favorite comedy theater, excuse me, one of my favorite comedy uh, clubs in the country to work. So both of those are officially released on July 26th, but you can pre-order Flipsophrenic right now on iTunes, right this very second. Okay, and uh, I am now on the Norwegian uh, getaway doing some more ship stuff, so... And that was my ship horn. Anyway, I am done rambling. I'm going to shut up. You guys, sit back, relax, enjoy episode 188 of What's for Dinner, the Jimmy Brogan interview with Allison Weber, part two. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What, what's for dinner? Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking, talking about what's ever on their minds. Uh, worst gig? Uh, I worked in a deli in Connecticut when I was first starting out. It was attached to a roller rink, and people would skate in and order their food and skate back out. So you hear this skating noise. And I was bombing, and it was like my first out-of-town job. And I just, and the owner was saying, uh, you shouldn't do this joke, and oh, you know, God. correcting my act. You know, and I, after two nights, I said, can I go home? I hate this, you know? <laughs> and he let me out of it. But, but I'll tell you, the worst story was uh, doing a warm-up for a TV show. Okay. And I did, uh, I did a bunch of warm-ups in the 80s. I did... Uh, uh, Cheers! I did Taxi. You know, I did some great oh. shows that 
I, I was just thrilled to be there, you know, in those shows. And, and Newhart as well. Oh. And Newhart oh was great. Because he would come out and do 10 minutes of stand-up really? before the show. And, you know, and that. just to watch Newhart work, you yeah, know, yeah. L- not only in the sitcom and the acting was he was great, but also watch him do stand up, you know, every week was wonderful. But one night I'm just tanking it and it's, it takes three hours to shoot the show and because it's done on film and there's 10 minutes of film in these cameras. And so they got to stop every 10 minutes and change film and wow. and they're battery operated uh, cameras and they got to change the batteries every once in a while. You know, it just takes forever. This was a Newhart show in the 70s or the 80s? This was the one where he lived in an inn. Oh, in, in, in Vermont. In the 80s, yeah, okay, in Vermont. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was the second show. Okay. And uh, <coughs> so one night I'm just bombing three hours and, and, you know, the first hour just nothing. I've talked to everyone <laughs> where they're from and it's nothing. Second hour, just worse. They don't have any questions. You know, you said would take questions then and nothing. In the third hour, I finally say to them, well, m- maybe you guys have some jokes. Maybe <laughs> you guys, you know, I was just totally out of stuff. And uh, and a seven-year-old girl raises her hand and she says, uh, why did the chicken cross the road? I said, oh, I don't know. Why did the chicken cross the road? And she says, to get away from the warm-up man. <laughs> oh, my God. And it kills. All of a sudden, this seven-year-old gets the biggest laugh of the night. The producers are turning around looking what happened. All of a sudden, the audience is laughing for the first time in the night. And, you know, so I'm being heckled by a seven-year-old. And sh- she's killing. <laughs> so I would have to say that was a moment that I went home and went, oh, oh. get out of show business right there. Oh, she was, yeah, I don't, I'm, maybe oh. she had help writing that joke, but <laughs> the timing was just crazy. Oh I, did, I did warm up one time for a show. Uh, it was just one weekend. It was a show on the Lifetime Network. Uh, Susan Dano, I think. She had a talk show. Oh, she, okay. she was some female. I don't know. Okay. Um, but it was the same thing. Like I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to do warm up. I just yeah, knew yeah. how to do stand up. <laughs> and it was like. I think I tried doing in my act, mm. and it just it wasn't working. Yeah, like just yeah, straight yeah. stand up just doesn't tend to work in warm up. So I think and and I now I go into the audience a lot. I like doing crowd work, but at the time I think I tried. I just I wasn't that good yet. Um, so the next day, I stopped at like CVS and just bought a whole bag of candy. Ah, and just yes. that that's what I did as warm up. I just was giving candy out and trying to do crowd work as I was doing it, and I think that was a uh, that worked better than my actual material. Oh, it was perfect for warm up. Yeah, yeah. Well, people need, you know, people want things, first of all. If you give them free anything, it doesn't even matter. You could have Mm -hmm. thrown out paper clips. They'd be like, I got a free paper clip, you know. But that way, yeah, you kind of keep keep everybody on their toes. And then sugar, hell, that'll keep them going for the show, so. Well, I think with warm up, it's it's less of being like an actual entertainer, more of just being a babysitter. And an energy, like. Oh, it's not babysitter. Just. But energetic, you got to be just like constantly getting the energy going. So it's almost yes. more like how like a like a T-shirt gun man would be like, hey, you guys oh, ready? Yeah. You know, <laughs> absolutely. It was, yes, I did the warm up for a while at the Tonight Show as well. And uh, but I, I, and after, oh, I'm sorry. Or, or, yeah, with Jay. And, you know, in between, you know, I, I would do 10 minutes of uh, the warm up. But uh, eventually they brought in a guy named Bob Perlow. Who was like the king of warm-ups at that point? Is he the juggler? The no, oh, okay. no. Uh, but there, were, there's a couple guys. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I know the the one I'm thinking of works at the Comedy Magic all the yeah, time. Yeah, Ron uh, uh, Pearson. Pearson. Yeah, Thank who's you. great. Yeah, he's great at warm-ups yeah. too. And there's a couple other guys that are wonderful warm-up too. But Pop Perlow was at the top 
one of the top guys. Okay. And he wasn't even a stand-up. He was just new to entertain the audience, get people up dancing and, yeah. you know, yeah. the T-shirt cannon and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. People would, oh, a T-shirt, I'll dance. You, you know, I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. it was great. And yeah. the energy would be up and he was he was great at it, you know, without yeah. doing any jokes. Yeah. I think that's... Um, that's uh, because when I said I, as it came out of my side, babysitter was the wrong one. I think I meant just like like a DJ, like a party DJ, like a host of a party. Oh, I that's think a better way to put it. Yeah, 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 yeah it works yeah, yeah. Uh, better as a warm up than just a straight stand up because I think audiences just sitting in in those uncomfortable listening. chairs and having to listen as opposed to being involved in some kind of you know like activity. Yeah, it it they prefer it, it's better and like you said, it's better for the energy too to keep the energy up. Mm. Yes. I, I did the warm-up one time for a week at the Letterman show in Vegas. And oh, this yeah. was, you know, in the mid-'80s when Dave was just the hottest thing yeah, in yeah. the world, you know, and the show, and it was the hottest ticket in Vegas, you know. And uh, <coughs> it was more calming the audience down than warming them up. It was just the opposite <laughs> wow. of every... It was just kind of focusing their attention because they were so excited there. And that's know, also big. Vegas because they were probably... I mean, it's not like you're doing it in the middle of you know nebraska or something you're in vegas where everybody is already so oversaturated mm. with entertainment and they're like you know trying to you got to rein them in from getting drunk and gambling and blah blah blah, blah. so yeah that's interesting yeah. but yeah. they were really exciting i mean for you know dave to travel the show and be in vegas and you know it was oh, yeah. really an exciting thing yeah and, absolutely. Uh, I, s I saw on your site you actually as I, I well i'm glad i'm recording this because i meant to ask you this you did warm up for the golden girls I did. I filled in for someone one one episode. Yeah, one yeah, episode. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get to meet like uh, Betty White or B. Arthur? Uh, no, but I had done a pilot with uh, Betty White. Really? Yeah, and she couldn't have been nicer oh, and yeah. and funnier and you know more gracious and you know she was just wonderful to work with. You know, oh, you, cool. you thought she was a friend, you oh, know, no. and we were just you know panelists on. Did you, you know, tell? Did you say thank you for being a friend? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> now it's right there. Oh, I won't sleep tonight. I could have said that. Have said exactly. That. Flip would have been so much better at that than I was. <laughs> well, I don't think I would have had the uh, nerve to say that to her either. Oh my gosh! No, she's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That man. is so cool. You got to. You like got to really work with some great people, man. Oh yeah, you, you really have. Just like, yeah, when I look back on it, yeah, it's really a thrill. Royalty, yeah. just awesome. Yeah. Did you ever work? Because I got to uh, work with Carlin a few times. Oh, Did you ever, oh, uh, I'll tell you a Carlin story. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, please do. <laughs> I was doing a show in Vegas. I was opening for the unknown comic, <laughs> and I was even more unknown <laughs> than the unknown comic. Uh, and I think Yakov Smirnov, Denny Johnson, and I—the three of us—were opening for. Uh, uh, for the unknown Murray, comic it was Murray Langston Murray Langston yeah, yeah. at the Hacienda Hotel which mm. uh, isn't there anymore but it was way down the strip but by the airport before okay. there was anything else down there there wasn't anything else I mean it was it was a mile from any other hotel it was way down there yeah. and uh, we were doing shows at 8 and 10 was the, the plan and then Red, Red Fox came in and he wanted to do shows that those same two weeks we were there uh, in the same theater so we were then at 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock at night, and Red Fox did an 8 and a 12 show. Okay. But 6 o'clock in August in Vegas, it's still light out. Yeah. You know, no one's going to a 6 o'clock show. Yeah. So one night, I'm, I'm just tanking it there. You know, it was two shows a night, and I, I bombed every, you know, every show for two weeks. I, I thought I should get out of show business after two weeks. You know, it was horrible. And, uh, uh, but... Uh, I'm, so on six o'clock show one night, I'm playing to 14 people in this big showroom, just just bombing, you know. And I see George Carlin walk in the back of the room, 
uh, and and sit down with his wife and, and take a seat, you know. And I'm talking to the audience, and it's no one's. I'm getting no laughs. It's horrible. And there's a guy sitting all by himself, and I thought, okay, this is my last chance to maybe get a laugh. <laughs> and I talk to the guy, and uh, I say, uh, where are you from, sir? And he says, I'm from St. Louis. And and he's got you know one of those voice, voice. things because he's oh, lost you know artificial the, the, larynx yeah. I think it's yeah. called and mm-hmm. and stuff like a flashlight kind of thing mm-hmm. up to us yeah. and uh, I say oh, oh what what brings you to Vegas I've got cancer this is my last trip anywhere so not only am I bombing but now I've got a guy talking about his cancer at the end of the thing through a voice and, box no yeah, less yeah and with a voice box and everyone is just. And, you know, freaked out, and you know George Collins in the back, and I'm, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed that I'm bombing, and you know, and it, it, it not only bombing, but now it's, it's about no, cancer and this guy's <sighs> last trip ever anywhere, and, and, and then good night, <laughs> thank you, you've been a great audience, and I just went and hid. I didn't, you know, oh. you know, Yakov and Denny Johnson, you know, they all went backstage to meet Carlin afterwards. You know, when he came back to talk to. Uh, uh, the unknown comic, but you know, I just I went upstairs and hid in my room. Oh, I was God. so embarrassed no. that it couldn't have been a worse set that I had with. Carlin. Gosh, yeah, I um, because Carlin and I we had the same manager for a little while, oh. Jerry Hamza. Oh, okay. So well, yeah, when I first moved out here, Jerry scooped me up, and uh-huh. um, he goes, "Hey, you want to open for George in Florida?" I'm like, wow. yeah. Uh huh. Um, and this was well, I'm from Florida, so my parents oh. came over to see it, and it yeah. was just really cool. So um, be like. Five minutes before the show, I'm backstage with uh, Dennis Blair. Oh, yeah. Dennis, was was, great. Great yeah. guy. So yeah, he's going to... Guitar comic. Guitar comic, exactly. Guitar, yeah. He was George's go-to opener. Yeah. Him and, He did George and Rodney. It was like their oh, go-to openers. okay, yeah. Um, so I was going to do like 10. Dennis was going to do, I think, 15 or whatever, and okay. then Intermission Carlin. And it's a theater? It's a theater. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So I'm backstage. I'm really nervous. And uh, Jerry goes, okay, kid, you're on in five minutes. And I'm like, all right. And then uh, we were kind of at the end of this like long hallway. At the under, other end of the hallway, the doors almost swing open like a saloon door, like the old saloons. Uh-huh. And Carlin, all dressed in black, comes strutting down. He's, cocksuckers, you fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> and it made us all laugh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he goes, hey, Flip, I'm going to go put my stuff away. They're going to watch you. I'm looking forward to seeing you. Oh. And I said, oh, cool. Thanks, George. Wow. So I go on stage, and uh, I knew he was watching me, so I was just, like, really nervous. And I had a great set. Just, like, it was one of those just right out of the gate. Crowd was great. And I get off stage, and uh, Carlin puts his arm around me, and he goes, Kid, you're funny, man. You're like an ostrich on PCP. And I I asked him, I said, can I use that as a quote for my bio? And he goes, "Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually, what's funny? A PCP or angel dust? <laughs> and I, said, I think PCP. Yeah, yeah, use PCP. And ah, it just blew my mind funny. that even at just some stupid quote, he still wanted to know what was a funnier word to yeah. use in it. He's still rewriting it. So, yeah, so funny. just like really, really cool guy, though. Wow. Yeah, really, really yes, nice. Yes, I guy. actually met him a few times, and he was great. Yeah, yeah just was... ni- really nice to young comics, too. Yeah. Like very supportive yeah. of the guys coming up. Like, yeah. It was re- really, really cool. But, that, yeah, that, that's like my the one feather in my cap that I can uh. say that I got to uh, – Open for Carlin. Well, I saw him in college before he became the long-haired, bearded comic. You oh, know, like Hippie to be Weatherman kind of era? Yeah, when wow. he was still doing just TV parody stuff. And he was great at that. Yeah. You know, he was a great comic what? before he went through that change. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a really good TV Oh, yeah. You know, oh, comic. he was very straight-laced. Like yeah. those early Carlin, when he had the, the hair parted, wearing the suit. What was the, the bit he did about the... Um, 
was it Sitting Bull or the uh, the Indians? Oh, I'm, yeah, 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 I'm, you're right, yeah, it some, was, something like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. But yeah, like you said, just all these like just very clean, polished, straight laced TV characters and things. And then yeah, yeah. I think right around that, him and Klein, I think, uh, started hitting the political comedy in the '70s, and that's where he yeah. went through his kind of metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, I, this was probably '68. I saw him okay. before he changed. So yeah, kind of toward, I always wondered why they haven't done a movie about him, a bio about Carlin. I oh, know they're doing one about Pryor. Oh. They've done um, what's his name, Kaufman. And yeah. did you ever work with Kaufman? Give it time. Uh, yes, yes, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, really? he's, he was still in New York when I started, so I would see him at the Improv, and you know he would get up and uh, if the audience wasn't great. He would read from the Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, and awesome. And you know, it sounds really funny to hear, but if you were in the audience, and, he was dead serious. And he would just keep going. Yeah, you know, until everyone left. You know, <laughs> he was just. And the last time I saw Andy before he passed away was at the Improv here in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and he uh, had set up a washer dryer on stage, <laughs> and he did his laundry. He put his laundry in and then just sat there. And it sounds funny to hear, but it was the most annoying <laughs> thing to sit through because he wasn't doing anything, just waiting for his laundry to be finished on oh, stage gosh. at the improv. I what a push-the-envelope kind of person. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was unbelievable. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Oh, I heard all the stories. Like, uh, I think at the store one time, he was brought up in a box. Like, somebody just okay. brought him up like on a, on a uh-huh. cart in a box and just had him up there, and people could go up and look inside. And he was apparently sitting in there reading a book or something. And, and that, that was the and act. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I did the warm up for Taxi, oh, yeah. he was still on, on Taxi yeah. at that point. And uh, he would stay in character, Latka, mm-hmm. and uh, take questions, which, you know, when I was doing warm ups, you know, anyone that would help me, you know, <laughs> talk to the audience. And the taxi uh, w- people were great. They would all, you know, answer questions and stuff. Oh, and, that's cool. And, and, but he would stay in character as Latka and answer questions. Yeah, it was oh great. My God. Thank you great. very much. Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. It's like he just did everything for his own enjoyment. It, 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 it was like, what can I do now that make me laugh hysterically inside? Read them The Great Gatsby. Yeah. That'll yeah. show him. I'm not sure if you ever read Zamuda's book about uh, Kaufman. Oh, I haven't. No. It's, it's a really good book. I think it's called uh, Andy Kaufman Revealed. Okay. Um, and okay. yeah, Zamuda just talks about how, you know, how he met Kaufman. Um, Actually, I think it was Latka, the four-man character, oh, where he got okay. he got tricked by uh, by Kaufman. Just could oh. you help me, please, lot in my equipment to car? Oh yeah, sure. And then apparently Kaufman got in the car and went, "Okay, thanks a lot, buddy," and drove off. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, just talking about how they, the both of them, just wanted to push the envelope, and he he wanted to get yeah. a visceral reaction. Didn't always have to be laughter. He just yeah. wanted a reaction from an, a real reaction from an audience. And I respect the hell out of that, man. Well, it would scare me to <laughs> do that. But uh, but someone just told me recently on this trip to uh, uh, Nebraska, they said Andy Kaufman could do his show, his exact same act for children's parties as he did at the Improv in New York. Oh yeah, you know he'd do that Mighty Mouse and yeah. you know and, that and early stuff that he yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. turn into Elvis at the end. You know he did the exact same <laughs> act. For kids parties. Well, That's he, so cool. he wanted to like. Um, there's a story that he wanted to do a kid show for adults, oh. like toward the end of um, uh, the end of his uh, when he was getting near the end. He still wanted to do this 
a kid show for adults that him and Zamuda have been working on, and oh. it never came to fruition. Oh. But apparently, Paul Rubens, who's Pee Wee Herman, uh, either heard of the idea or and and kind of ran with it in his own way wow. and created Pee Wee's Playhouse. I didn't know oh. that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Pee Wee was inspired just by that idea, or did he? Pee Wee's Playhouse, I think, was uh, uh, came that that came from the germ of Kaufman's idea as a, for a kid's show for grown-ups. And now, huh. I mean, look uh-huh. at there's so many kids' shows for grown-ups nowadays. You know, oh, all the yeah. Adult Swim kind of stuff is like exactly. But it's but where those can actually ride the line where kids can watch them and enjoy them, it's like the Adult Swim stuff is no. completely directed at adults now. Like, do you think it's no. getting like too... I don't know, I, 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 feel, I feel like I'm, I'm like one of these kind of older guys now, just like, these kids today with the comedy. Uh, that's but, um, just where are I, the jokes? Thank you. Where are the punchlines? Yeah, yeah, Where's yeah, the, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the originality, the creativity? But the, you know, you don't have to say fuck every other word to mm. be funny. Just who are yes, you? Yes, you fucking do. Well, you I'm do. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, but, I mean, do you, do you find that too? Just looking at comedy now, which kind of becoming popular just feeling separated from it just like i don't get it i I do what i do and that seems to work and that seems to be the the uh the truest thing to me and seeing Mm. these guys that are you know and i I get the times change and there's different ways of doing it with with social media and the internet but just what seems to be popular isn't really comedy it's it's Mm. it's uh I don't know. It's 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 placating. It's 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 going to the lowest common denominator to get a laugh, as opposed to trying to elevate an act and elevate yourself to, I don't know, to a standard. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I think it's I'm subjective, just... though, because you have those people that will laugh at the placating nonsense, and you know, maybe the people who find that funny are the ones who sort of need a, a dumbed down little idea or something yeah. like that. And then there's still those people who are just solid writers. Like you see these young guys who are solid writers who do the punchline setup and everything, and it's, and, and then you see the other guy who just gets on stage and pulls his pants down and and well, yells that was red and, buttons. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Well, but I think there's always comics that, you know, had acts that, you know, were kind of junkier, easier, yeah. you know, more basic kind of stuff. And they never really got that far where, I mean, I see, you know, Gaffigan or Brian Reagan mm-hmm. or Gary Goldman, you know, these guys who are doing really smart, funny stuff, yeah. you know, are doing theaters and doing great now, you know, these yeah. guys. So I, I don't, you know, to me, it's, so the it's, cream it's all to the, top. the same. Yeah. Or even, you know, Patton Oswalt, you know, these alternative guys that came yeah. up in a different kind of circuit, mm-hmm. you know, are, are really interesting, funny people oh, yeah. to me. Oh, I think know, Patton so. is uh, hilarious. Oh, mm-hmm. like Maria Bamford. Oh, like, just yeah. so weird and funny. Yeah. 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 But, but there's something uh, still original and, and uh, um, smart about what they do. You yeah. know? But then, I, yeah. again, I see like just guys like getting Comedy Central half hours or on the, uh, you know, the at midnight on Comedy Central getting great exposure and just... Mm not having that i don't know but but see now that's also the subjective thing and it's the you got to put out that positive like you know what for whatever they're putting out there there is somebody that likes it hence why they got booked on that so and you yeah. know the, you got to just give that its respect and its love and just know that it, it, your your talent will show to the people that it will uh, be uh, appreciated by so it's not 
it's not something to worry about, babe. I know. See, I'm the new yeah. eyes. He's ah. the oldest. I'm seven yeah. years in, and you're 20 plus. Okay. So, okay. I, like, and we met on my second ever show when no. we were booked on the same show at the improv. Uh, yeah. You know, Eddie married us. Eddie, the bartender, uh, officiated no. our wedding yeah. on stage at, no. the, at Melrose. At yeah. Melrose. Yep. We got married on stage at Melrose two two and a half years after we met on that same stage. Wow! But um, wow. but it's it's one story. of these things like well, I'm seeing everything and I'm sponging everything uh-huh. the way that things are and have been for seven years and so on and so forth. And you know I've learned so much from him learning ab- about you know the the structure and the actual kind of like comedy schooling that would have happened over the last twenty years or so. But I do understand and see the changes that are going on with this newer and you know if they're if they're having success with the newer crazier sillier alternative ideas alternative uh <laughs> ideas that work you're a very uh, good wordsmith honey. thanks um no that's that's still something to be respected and and given you know even if it's it's their five minutes of fame you know you gotta you gotta give them their their credit for whatever silly idea they came up with it's their idea and they put it forward so well, I think from my perspective of having done it a long time, you know, it seems to me like almost every comic got at least one opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether we thought they were good or bad or, you know, doing easy, cheap stuff, you know, everyone got at least one opportunity. But the really good comics kept getting chance after chance. You know, mm-hmm. Leno did, you know, a few movies and then he did, you know, a sitcom and stuff before he got the Tonight Show, before he got the right thing. You know, Seinfeld right. did a yeah. few other pilots and, yeah. you know, hosted some things. You know, nothing quite took until that right thing, you know. But yeah. but they kept getting opportunities because they were good. Yeah. You know, other comics would get, you know, one or two opportunities and they weren't that good and it, it would go away eventually. You know? Right yeah. up. That's yeah. true. And that's what's so happening the good comics, right now. yeah, keep getting chances. These okay. Vine and Twitter stars and whatnot, that, that's mm. exactly that situation. It's like you got your experience. You have many followers. You're going to go and do a show or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then, the, it, you know, you don't hear about them after, you know, a couple months worth of their booking the clubs or whatnot. Because I know that a lot of comics are getting a little antsy and they're pantsy about the, 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 the kids who are filling the room because mm. they have, eight, you know, 800,000 Twitter followers mm-hmm. yeah. but then they get up and they have five minutes of things to say oh, and yeah. then the rest of the hour is nothing yeah. and that's yeah. gonna just taper off that's not gonna be what people want after a while so. i did a yeah. i was yeah. working a club where uh, they had like a the main room and then a little side room and they uh, i think it's a saturday night late show um i was doing the main room and this internet guy was gonna do the small room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and apparently what happened was they oversold his show mm. and there weren't a lot of people for my show so we switched so i went to the side room okay, okay. he was in the main room yeah, and i yeah. am like well let me go see what this guy is yeah, you know yeah. you know what his act was he ate things he ate raw eggs he ate cactuses oh, okay he, okay and this is filling a comedy club but you can't. yeah, and, and, it was and a, could he do an hour of that? I mean, I well, he, he had <laughs> he'd other, have to use the bathroom at some point during <laughs> he it. Had but a, he had a train <laughs> right up the stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He had some other guys with him that I oh, think okay. kind of padded this set by doing some spots up front, a little bit of improv. But he was the guy that everybody was coming to see to mm-hmm. eat things, eat stuff. And, <laughs> but that's why I said that novelty is going to wear off. Like right now, that it's it, social media and followers and everything over the last like year or two has been a way to get people booked but 
like like we said, you know, after the hour of that, you know, it's going to be the word of mouth thing. The people that came to see the cactus man are going to go, eh, he ate cactus for an hour. It's fun, I guess, whatever. And then they're yeah. not going to come back. They're going to tell right. their friends and they're not going to come back. So all of a sudden, cactus man filled the room for the first three weeks. But then that's it. He's He's got no more cactus man's like dried up. <laughs> Sounds like the worst superhero, by the way. Cactus man. Cactus man. <laughs> what a prick. Sorry, uh, he did it. He did it. Uh, that's why you play the Good small night. rooms. Good drop, night. drop the mic. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Tip your waitress. Um, oh my gosh, so funny. But yeah, I, I'm I'm in that positive mindset that anything that happens, you just you just keep on moving forward and don't worry about this. You know. By the way, your allergies aren't bothering you, are you? No, no, I'm actually pretty good. Okay, okay. We did a big clean in here. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, no, no. That's why uh, I wanted to whisk you upstairs as quick as possible because downstairs, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty fluffed, fluffed yeah, out I'm, down there. I'm allergic to, like when we started dating, she had the cats and mm. I was like, I, I could deal with this. And then, yeah. then we fell in love and I'm like, how attached are you to these cats? She goes, you're... You're going to leave before they are. I, I literally raised them with a bottle. I found them when they're two days old oh, and I raised them with a bottle. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm imprinted as mommy for sure. And they're imprinted yeah. as babies. Yeah. And uh, so as soon as he goes, if I were to ask you to get rid of the cats. And I'm like, um, you're getting a new apartment. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have separate lives. Yeah. So uh, then, yeah. So, what's, what's, so you take allergy stuff every day? Not every day. If if I feel my allergies coming on, I'll pop a pill and just try and to what do you take? What do you take? Uh, Claritin. Oh, Claritin. Claritin D. Because it's uh, it stops it and it doesn't make. Because you're talking about getting loopy, Claritin D for me anyway. It I don't get tired on it. It still oh, okay. has a non drowsy. Yeah, non drowsy exactly. And I do want to preface by saying he did have a, a roommate situation with two cats prior to me, so I yeah. wasn't like, you better no. take my cats uh, and deal. Uh, no, he like I, I, I met him and he goes, I have two cats too, and I go, oh, this is perfect. Everybody's allergic, so it's perfect. <laughs> then he's like, well, I'm allergic too. <laughs> Whoopsies. All right, well. Now we'll get a, a place where the bedroom is off limits to the cats. So, but this is thing. great. We've got I yeah. We've done so much. Even our like after chat. Show. Our after chat. Yeah. I know. Seriously. This is be after what's for dinner. What's for dessert? Yeah. No, I like it. Yeah. It could be. It could literally be a three parter. That's so cool. I know this. Jimmy, wow. you're awesome again. Oh, let's do our you. let's do our goodbye. Thanks again. Exactly. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Okay, I'm giving you the okay. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? What what's for dinner? Talking talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking talking about what's ever on their minds. Talking talking about what's ever on their minds.